I hope my phone doesn't ring. I don't know what the hell it is. What's up, everybody? Welcome to, I guess, the Spectator Mode podcast after PAX East 2020, where myself and Rob attended to. Unfortunately, Carl couldn't make it because he's in Australia, but maybe next time. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so we're going to talk about PAX East for a little bit, and then we're going to go ahead and talk about games that need to make a comeback. All right. But before we do that, we don't have any sponsors yet, but we do have this really nice intro. So let me go ahead and roll that intro. All right, guys, welcome back. You know who I am. I'm Keith. I'm pretty sure you know who Rob is and also Carl. We are part of the Spectator Mode podcast, which is presented to you by the Outer Haven. Um, as if I you're said, a sponsor, please email. Hey, you know what? Hey, that, that is a great that is a great subway. Hey, we we are a smaller outlet, but we were fantastic. We had a great time at PAX East 2020. Not a lot of people knew who we were, a lot of big people knew who we were, and we would love for that to continue. Hey, if you want us, if you want us to check out a new gaming product, new tech product. We don't care. Send it to us. Talk to us. Email us. Hit us up on Twitter, and that's work something out. Uh, that said, PAX East 2020 is the big focus or half of the show. As I said, myself and Rob were out in Boston this week. Um, hopefully, yeah. neither one of us have the coronavirus. I don't know yet. I feel good uh, for now. <laughs> that's all I can say. I think I, I think I'm fine. Yeah, because because that'd be oh, interesting. I, I mean, I, I feel good other than my knee and you know, carrying all this equipment around and running from appointment to appointment like a madman. And oh, not I wish I didn't bring as much stuff as I did. I feel like I did not use half the stuff that was in my bag the whole time. I did. I brought you, my surf. That, 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 that is the way it goes with packs. You overpack everything because you're thinking I need ten thousand things. Yep. I literally, uh, of course, of course, the missus has packed all my stuff away, hasn't she? Um, usually, I just roll up with like a bag that's probably not even like the size of I wish. this little bu- this little bucket here that's got yeah, my right. camera it's got my camera my microphone and my business cards that's all i take with me anything else the missus takes it in her backpack nope i brought which is usually, which is usually the water and the, the sandwiches yeah. <laughs> let's see i had my, i had business cards i had two things of business cards my camera my tripod which i didn't use once my Surface Pro 6, which I didn't use the first two days, so I was like, I'm not bringing it the next day. Um, I had a XOR mic connection for my smartphone, which I didn't use. I had the Tascam DR40, which I picked up on eBay like three weeks ago for $60, brand new. Fucking guy, thank you for selling to, that to me. That That's a almost $200 piece of equipment, and that was what I used the most at Paxis. I used it for every interview. For stopping to talk to people, I picked up everything amazing with the two mics. That's all I really used. Everything else was just dead weight weighing me down. So yeah. it was, you know, uh, it was hey, hey, yeah. like I, I pack, I pack a lot more that stays at the hotel, like the laptops and everything else. But on the on the show floor, man, it's just it's camera, yeah. microphone, business cards. That's all. I and I had and I had a little makeshift rig. I put my smartphone into when I had a boom mic on. Was walking around. It worked out great. Yeah, everybody's I like, kinda... what are you doing? Yeah, I wish I because like the main reason I, I brought my laptop, I brought my camera, I brought the the business cards. I also just like stuffed all of the business cards that I got from folks into there as well. And just a whole bunch of stuff. And like because part of me was like, oh, I'm going to bring my camera because I'm assuming most people are not going to allow direct capture. I didn't even bring my capture card. Um, 
So I figured, no, you, oh, don't, you don't you don't bother these days. Oh, and yeah. I brought that with me as well because some people did say direct uh, direct capture, and then they were like, "Oh no, we can't do that." Yeah. So I figured I'd bring my camera, right? Because like I'd seen some other people at Square events and stuff, like bring a tripod and a camera, and they they would record themselves playing the game. So I was like, okay, why why don't I do that? And most people were just like, no, we can't do that. So I just stopped using it. Yeah. <laughs> so let's talk about Paxies. Uh, first and foremost, I know a lot of people were concerned about Paxies because PlayStation pulled out. Square Enix ramped down their their uh, offering, their their presentation. Capcom decided not to come. And honestly, other than that happening, the show was just like it was any other year. There were tons of people there. Saturday was still packed. Friday was just about as packed. Tons of developers there. Tons of PR people there. Tons of people on the floor. And actually, it was, I would say it was a lot better because with PlayStation going, and I'm not saying they should be going every year. I missed them. But because they were going, that main section had a lot more space for people to go through. It was easier to navigate. Um, other than a couple of big booths where they were just out there playing games like the Brouhaha or Brohaha and Discord, they were just packed. Uh, other than that, the Repop or the people at PAX were, were doing very good about cleaning everything. Every time I turned around, an attendee was cleaning the rails or spraying the doors. Uh, the people in the booths were wiping down controllers after almost every gameplay, wiping down the VR headsets, wiping down the headphones. They were doing a good job to try and contain whatever sickness was there. I would love to find out later on how many people actually got confunk or, or whatever you want to call it, how many people actually got sick out of, out of PAXIS. So a big congratulations or a big props, kudos to them for keeping that up. Because other than that, PAX East went off without a hitch. It, yeah. it didn't skip a beat. They really did a fantastic job. I mean, just in general, I don't really have a – uh, frame of reference because I've never been to PAX before. Um, so just in, in general, I mean, every time I saw a gameplay preview, people would come through after they were done and they would clean everything. Like they did, they all did a very good job there. And not only that, but like, yeah, the show floor was packed, but only in some very concentrated areas. Most of the time I was able to walk through just fine. I didn't really have much issue, which was really good. Um, yeah, it was great. It was really good. So I, I don't have any, I don't have any, Anything negative to say about the event other than the fact that my knee is killing me? It, it was a great event. Uh, yeah. a, a lot of the developers that I talked to were really, they were really cool. And I love the fact, again, I'll say every year, when they see you come down and you stop and you take a couple minutes out and you talk to them about their game. Even if you're not interested, you don't, even if you don't know what the game is and you just come down there and they stop you and you take a couple seconds to play the game or to talk to them about the game, it makes their day. Because I've seen so many people just light up. They're like, hey, you want to check this game? And I go, sure. Oh. All right, let's go. And they it's, love it's, it. It's, it's, it's amazing. And also, especially when people uh, bring multiple versions of the same game, uh, there's one that pops up every year at PAX Australia down here called Damsel. Uh, I believe I did something for Why the that, yeah, that sound, yeah, that sounds familiar. I, I interviewed the, uh, the creator of the game back when they first announced it about two, three years ago. And every time that I go there and I go past the booth, they remember me. And every year it's like, have you seen the latest update to the game? Have you been playing the game? Have you da, 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 da? And, <laughs> and the excitement that they get when I'm like, yes, I'm still looking at it. I'm still playing. I'm still keeping up to date on everything. And the, the look on their faces is just, they're just so happy because a lot of these people, especially on the indie side, they are pouring months, years yes, into, they are. into building this game and they take it to somewhere like PAX where there's so many other games and they realize that there's a lot of competition out there in the indie space 
that if you walk up to them and you're the one that they, they that you want to focus your attention on them, it blows their mind and they and they go home so happy just to have so many people coming up and yeah, playing yeah, their games. Exactly. There's been so many people that I stopped by, so many games I didn't even know about when I went to Indie Mega Booth. Honestly, oh. again, I knew it was going to happen. Every I went to Indie Mega Booth and I think I spent the majority of all three days in that in that event in that booth. No, non, no lie. It was like, hey, check out this game. Okay. Hey, check out this game. Okay. Hey, check out this game. Okay. And then I ran into a couple games that I didn't even know about. I'm going to talk about a couple of those because they were really exciting. And Rob played one of them too. Oh, I, yeah, I, I played a bunch of them. <laughs> and uh, yeah, no, it, it was really great though because a lot of the times, like even like bigger games that got a lot of attention, one of which we'll be talking about later on, I certainly want to talk about. Uh, it just even then, like it, a bigger game like that, the people were still like excited to talk to me. Like even though they're talking to people from like this dude from IGN walks over, like you know clearly with all the clout behind that, and he's still like is super interested in talking to me about the game, and like you know he, he's not like ignoring me or anything like that too. So it felt really good, and like it was good to see that people were. Can I tell you something, Rob? This is something that I, I don't know if they, anybody's ever told you, but they told me this a couple years back, and they told me that again this week. They love when small outlets come and talk to them about their stuff because they they can tell when you're actually there and you're you're passionate about the gaming just just as, as they as they are and you're not doing it because it's your job. I'm not saying that people at major corporations major outlets don't do the same thing, but they okay, gaming journalism is a is a is in a bad state right now. We'll put it that way. And they follow this. These developers know what's going on, especially the indie ones. They know what's going on. And when I talked to a gentleman who was working on the game, which I won't say, he's pretty much said, you know, when the big guys come over to my game and check out my game and they take a couple seconds and they leave, that really bothers them. Because you don't know what we're doing, how, how long we've been working on this game, how much passion put in this game, how many people are working on this game, and you just look at it and go, all right, whatever, and walk away. Now, granted, I wish we had more time to cover everybody in that booth because there were so many great games, but unfortunately, that didn't happen. But I did get cards. I will be reaching out to each and every one of those people. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, same thing with me. There's so many, too many, in fact, many great, great games there that I just, like, I wanted to play. But so, so much other stuff going on. Like, I'm just, like, I'm trying to do, like, the whole wander around thing. I also had appointments and stuff, too. So it was a great time, you know. And I, I, I do feel bad for not playing this stuff. But, you know, there's always, you know, next time. and There's always a chance to see those games when they're finally out, you know. So, All right. yeah, so it, it was great. Uh, let's go ahead and talk about some of the games that we checked out at PAX East. So, Street Race 4, I finally got to play it, and it was amazing. Uh, it was everything that I expected it to be and probably more. Um, and I actually had a chance to sit down and talk to the actual lead designer of the game or and the co-founder of God Crush Games. And he took me in the back room, and we played the game. It was supposed to be only, only supposed to be like a half an hour sec or a session. And we played the game for like a good hour. Just sitting there playing. He's like, "You done?" I'm like, "No, you done? No." And we're we're playing and we're going back and forth. And I'm literally watching the guy play the game. He's like, "Yeah, yeah." And I'm like, "Yeah, all right. We're doing good. We're doing good." He showed me some things of the game that they didn't show the public or anything just yet. And it was fun. And it was like he's talking to me and talking to me and telling me things about the game. And we're going back and forth talking about old arcade games like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and games of that and how Sega became involved and what they think about the game and, and the fan reception of the game so far. I even tried to get him to try and tell me some things that are about the game that they're keeping locked behind closed doors. So he wasn't ready to t- he wasn't ready to tell me, but I kind of tossed some things at him and he smiled when I said that. <laughs> so I kind of guessed what he was saying, but I'm not going to ruin the surprise. I'm going to wait for the game to come out for everybody else to figure it out. Um, 
And we did talk about other games, such as like Golden Axe, because you know, once this is done, I was like, once you go talk to Sega, because you guys are doing a phenomenal job with Streets of Rage, and see if they'll let you work on other games. You know, you got your Streets of Rage that you finished, you, so you can go to Golden Axe, you can go do your Shinobi. You got so many games from Sega's history from their from their catalog that you guys can go ahead and redo. So that was amazing. Rob, don't let me keep talking because I'm gonna keep talking. No, you're you're good. So I guess I'll hop into some of the games that I played. Um, I obviously did a lot of indie stuff, but um, I guess uh, I can start with the basically the one big game that I wanted to play while I was there, which Come was on, uh, obviously Final Fantasy VII remake. There you um, go. So it, you know, it was basically like one one of two things. I could either do that or Animal Crossing. And like to be fair, I didn't really think that. Animal Crossing is a good game to demo anyway. So I just, I didn't end up doing it and I'd never played an Animal Crossing before. So it wasn't worth it to me uh, personally. But um, so yeah, so I played Final Fantasy VII Remake. um, And I mean, it was just, uh, it was the, from what I understand, the same E3 demo um, where it was just uh, some like towards the end of the first reactor from the original game. Um, Basically you just do, you know, the standard mods and then you go, you go down to the bottom of the level and you get to the, um, I forget what it's called, but the, the boss fight before the first make a reactor explosion. Um, So, and, and it, it was awesome. So I, I had a great time. It feels really good. They're able to, melded a lot i'm gonna try and see if i can go more in depth uh with an article later on but um basically they were able to take and meld the um the gameplay from from like stuff like 13 and 15 don't take that the wrong way because it may at first seem like oh okay you know the uh but um you know, there's some stigma behind that, but it, they take a lot of the good aspects from those two games and they meld it with the turn-based stuff from seven and from some of the other final fantasy games. And they somehow strike this perfect balance in between. There's still a lot of player agency in that. It's not just a turn where you can do one thing and then you just expect to get hit by something next. You can go in and attack something and then choose to position yourself somewhere else. You can evade, you can block whenever you want to. So it's not strictly turn-based. They're not forcing you into this kind of niche uh, thing that just isn't very common anymore. There's not much gameplay that's like that except for, you know, JRPGs specifically. So it, it was, it's really great in that it takes, and gives you the ability to kind of, you know, you can choose these abilities and spells when you want to use them. Did you change the play style? In the original. Um, So I actually didn't. And I didn't feel like I wanted to. And that is an important distinction because when I was playing through, I I enjoyed it a lot to the point where, you know, I didn't feel like I wanted to bring it back to turn-based. Right. And I'm not somebody who ever thought that I didn't like turn-based. I've never been in that area before where people don't enjoy the way that that kind of a a game plays. I enjoyed it a lot, but I chose not to because I wanted to try it out as a new experience and it felt good. It felt right because it's like you still have that aspect of turn-based. You can still hold back, choose which abilities you want to use, which spells that you want to use in certain scenarios. So you can set up a stagger or things like that, which is another thing too. They bring it... um, Something that's in a lot of other JRPGs is the stagger mechanic where you if you do enough damage oh, at yeah, a certain amount yeah, of time, that was it's, good. it staggers the boss, so then you can do more damage in a very like concentrated amount of time, um, which was really cool, too, because then that brings into the effect of, okay, well, I've been saving up my ATB gauge, which is like when you can choose a spell, when you can choose an ability, um, 
And so you build up your gauge to the point where you stat you stagger an enemy, and then you you like put all your really powerful spells and abilities, and you use that, and you take down the damage really well. And like you know, you you feel like you're doing a good job. And um, so yeah, I I didn't want to switch because I I felt like they had actually made it to the point where um, it was really comfortable and it felt right, and it wasn't as if like they're taking the old gameplay and just making it like an action RPG. It felt really good. So I got to say, I got to say, cause I played that when I first got there, I'm a little surprised they changed up how you can play the game. Cause when you played it, you had to get a ticket. When I got there, it was pretty much jumping in line and play it. And then I asked to talk to someone in PR and they let me in and talked about the game. But if you guys have watched any of the shows before or listened to any of the, the or read any of the content that we had on our site, you would know that I was not looking forward to final things. Cause I played the game a million times already. So it was like, ah, Final Fantasy VII again. What what to do, right? I played it and I was and I went up to them and I was like, you know what? This shit is awesome. This game is fucking amazing. Yes, yeah. I was wrong. I was completely wrong. I walked up to the PR. And I was like, I was wrong. I was completely wrong. I will be there day one to play this damn game. <laughs> yeah. Oh wow. And he's smiling and laughing at me. He's like, yeah, this is a really good game. And I tried to get some more information. Like, so when can we expect the next one? He's like, game is about this. Game comes out this date. And I'm like, damn it. Yeah. Tell me yeah. more. What's up, South Memphis? Welcome back. Well, I'm, I'm a little my if my voice goes out, it's because PAX didn't <laughs> get made by him dying. But hopefully it's not. Other than Final Fantasy, um, again, there were so many games there, but Rob played a game that I played, and it, it's called um Ghost Runner. And it's basically a mixture of Assassin's Creed, uh Mirror's Edge, Titanfall, the wall running. It's a one death. What uh, if you get hit once you die? If you hit the enemy once they they die, nonstop action, dodging, staying on the go, and it was amazing. I seen yeah. I, I didn't know about the game before. I mean, they sent us an email and I didn't see it. Rob saw it, but every time I walked across the was it Sky Bridge or what whatever you want to call it, I kept seeing their big ass sign saying Ghost Run. I'm like, hey, that looks cool, looks cyberpunkish. Let me go check it out. I finally went down there and I got a chance to play it. Which is funny, Rob, because when I was talking to the gentleman to, to uh, talk to them later, you were in the booth playing. So we were oh, both really? there, and we missed each other. He's like, hey, he, I went back after after 2.30 when we talked, and I said, you go ahead and do it. He was like, you know, when you were here, he was in there playing the game. And I was like, oh, damn it. <laughs> so <laughs> I played it. Um, I, the controls were a little hard in the beginning because you ha- they're, they're awkward the way they are on the keyboard. And I didn't okay. want to go in and rebind them for anything for anybody. So after I, after I got used to that, I played it. And I said it was very short because I beat it. I watched some people come on before me, and I already finished it. And I was like, oh, well, that's it. But it was amazing. You know, uh, the fact that, you're, again, it's nonstop. It's the, the art style is freaking amazing. The art is amazing. The lighting system was amazing. It was a great game. Um, yeah. the, the grappling was cool as well. I got to that one point when you were grappling, and I just kept grappling around and around because it was really cool. I, I really like it. Um, I kind of felt bad about the game, though, because it's kind of – it isn't, but it really is fighting against Cyberpunk 2077 because all these Cyberpunk games now are coming out, and because of this one big game, and I don't want this game to get overshadowed because it's a great game. But the people there were basically saying, you know, I don't think it's going to happen because Cyberpunk is it's pretty much showing everybody, hey, this genre is this, and other people are looking to see what else is in Cyberpunk. So Ghost Run is amazing. Um, Rob did an interview, which you'll have up later. I did, we, yeah, yeah. We got some – they gave – did they give you a kit as well? Yep. Yeah, yeah. they gave us a kit, so we're going to put some of the footage up later on. Yeah, um, yeah look for that. 
later this year. PC, I think he said it was coming to the console as well. So it's yeah, it's PC, PS4, and Xbox One. And yeah, I'm I'm super excited for it. It it looks fantastic, it feels fantastic. I will say that I should have stopped at one point because like the game encourages you to go as fast and and be as badass as you can. That's what so I was like. Doing. A lot of the time, I was like, oh man, this this game does look great, and I really wish I took the time out to take a look at that because like if you look at some of the screens and in, in in some of the press stuff that they put out, like it does actually look really good. And like a lot of the times, I was just running around because like mechanics feel so good. It's literally just like just this weird birth child of doom dishonored. And you just put that together. And I wonder, it's just if, I, like, I wonder if I could share uh, the trailer of this. Let me see if I can share it. Keep talking. If yeah. I can share it, I'm going to, I'm going to do it. Anyway. Yeah. But it's, uh, it, it was just so good. It feels very rewarding. If you're like into the games where it's like, they present the mechanics to you and you, you need to master it essentially. And, and then from there, cause when I was talking to them and I'll, I'll allude to this a little bit more, um, when I put up some of the interview and the stuff that we talked about, but uh, basically it's, it's, it gives you this core amount of mechanics. There's going to be a few skills and stuff that you can learn later on in the game, but basically there's this core gameplay loop in that, um, you know, you're mastering the wall running, the climbing, the, the maneuvering, you can use like the grappling hook that Keith mentioned earlier. Um, and, and you have one weapon, you just have the sword and you have these, Two main abilities, at least that were in the, the demo. There's going to be more apparently available later on in the full game. But um, you have a dash and you have a slowdown dash, basically. So, like, you can you can dash forward similar to uh, Doom. And essentially, you can just, like, it's a quick dash forward. doesn't change anything. You just move faster. And then there's a slowdown mechanic where it's like you can slow down the time. And you can either move left or right and then dash in towards an enemy. So it's super helpful because all the enemies are going to be firearm based. So they're going to be shooting projectiles at you. So you only have a, a sword. So you have to be in real close to kill them. And, and you know, the, the melee is pretty generous most of the time, but you do have to be pretty good um, and pretty on top of everything to get close to them. So I think the hit detection is a little off because there's been some times where I, I, I dodged a shot and I still got hit. Yeah, yeah. Some of it was a little weird, and sometimes I'd be like super far away, and I'd hit them, and then I'd be really close, and I would whiff. So, so you know, just stuff that's probably going to be ironed out later on. But, but yeah, it, it was a little wonky. But like for the most part, it felt really good, and like it was just it was so good. And, and what I find really interesting about the game is that there's no health mechanic, there's no energy mechanic of any kind. Nope. It's just a one hit and you die, and one hit and they die. So it's like it's it kind of like hotline miami if you were to take the core he did concept mention that. of it he did yeah that. yeah and he did yeah i think when, when i was talking to him too he mentioned that too where it was just like he likes the idea of having it because if if the game were to be set up with like a health mechanic um that it, it would like cheapen the experience for a player because then you could just kind of retry the game's all about momentum and speed so like you know uh getting hit or like failing once like it, it restarts you like you got to try again. You need to make a perfect run, that kind of thing. And it's just it's it was incredibly fun, and it looks great. And I'm I'm super excited for this game. It's gonna be really cool. Yeah. So I was looking forward to that. You know, one question I didn't ask them. I'm gonna email them. Is this game is perfect for VR? It oh, is true. set up perfect yeah, for yeah. VR. So I need to follow up with them and ask them. Hey, Memphis South Memphis asked, should we should we already worry about E3 because of the virus disease? We're going to talk about that. So stay tuned. We're going to talk about that. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's, there was just so many games at, at uh, PAX East that I played. It was it was amazing. 
I can't go through all of them. All I'm going to say is just take a look at our content. We're slowly getting it up there. There's a bunch of stuff, interviews and um, games we play hands-on. So look forward to it later on. Um, we do have another segment, which games need to make a comeback. But let's address the question that South Memphis asked, because we talked about that. So over PAX East weekend, or yeah, weekend, a bunch of companies were pulling out of GDC 2020. And it basically got to the point where everybody was pulling out. Everybody and their mom was pulling out. I even talked to a friend who works in, who works in PR, one of the big PR companies, and she was like, you know, I just had to cancel a bunch of appointments because all these people aren't coming to GDC. And I, I, I'm expecting them to cancel it. And then sure enough, I got on the bus on the way back and I saw an article say, hey, GDC is now canceled. Or no, postponed. They didn't say canceled. They say postponed, which, yeah, yeah, whatever. Okay, sure. So the question is, should we already worry about E3? Um. That's going to depend how far you are with a vaccine, to be honest. Uh, the, the mass hysteria, the paranoia right now er, is affecting everything. You know, I said last podcast that maybe Sony just didn't want to take PlayStation anywhere. So this is a blessing for them. But being, being real, be 100% honest. Yeah, this is a big concern. And again, it, I'm not a doctor, but this is no more deadlier than the flu. The flu has killed more people and continue to kill more people. But the problem is that this is being overblown. They don't know how exactly it's spreading. We've got reports of people who didn't travel, who haven't had contact with anybody with this with this this virus, and are still catching it. So throw that out there. And with people coming from China and other places overseas, and even it being here now in North America, yeah, I I really expect it to affect E three. E three is in June. We're, we're we just hit March. We've got March, April, May, June. We've got four months before E three. That's plenty of time for companies to go, mm, no, we're not going. And that's that's a real concern. I really do think E3 may be canceled or have a lot. PlayStation isn't already coming. But if Microsoft pulls out, if Nintendo pulls out, if Square Enix pulls out, if any of the big companies pull out, E3 is going to have a problem. And yeah. yes, Microsoft isn't really at E3. They're at their own event, but still, they can say, you know what, we're not doing anything. That's a problem. Yeah, but I mean, they're, they're still going to have like a, a presence on the show floor, too. So it's not, it's not like Sony where they're just literally leaving. Like, they're completely gone. I mean, there are stories of last year where in the place of where PlayStation was going to be, like, there's just like this giant like energy drink bar because they had to think of something, you know. Microsoft is at least going to have a presence there, whereas like PlayStation, you know, some of their third-party games will be there, but they're not going to be, you know. And I mean... Even with the fact that it's supposedly turning into, quote unquote, a consumer focused conference, um, even then, it, you know, this is still going to be a big deal because not yeah. even developers aside, like consumers aren't going to be more likely are more likely not going to want to go um, because not only is it kind of a commitment to go to L.A., especially even if you live there, it's still a huge commitment, you know, and it, it's going to be a struggle because it's like it poses a health health risk, you know, even regardless of whether, concern. yeah, regardless of whether or not it's worse or, or better than the flu, you know, cause it's still affecting a lot of people and it, it's a strain that doesn't have a cure or a proper treatment for it yet. So it's nope. like, you can only you, wait it out. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. They're waited out or, you know, it's, it's just tough. And I mean, sure. It's, it's not like the end of the world, but it's still going to be like a really big deal for anybody who's trying to attend. Yeah. So, so so basically, yes, Memphis, we should be concerned. 
I mean, not just in the gaming perspective or capacity, but in general health, regardless. Because again, we don't have a cure. We don't have legit treatment other than take care of yourself, eat, take medication, relax, and try to wait it out. That's it. I mean, that's all you can do with the flu. There's no cure for the flu. There's no cure for the common cold. You just got to wait it out, and hopefully your immune system is strong enough to fight it off, which we're seeing all these deaths because the people that are getting affected are either young or sickly or the elderly, and they can't fight it off. It's it's crazy shit right there. It's really crazy. Yeah. So stay safe out there, guys. Seriously, please do. All right, our man down below, who actually down below, has been quiet because he, he has not been at PAX East. But we're going to talk about something that I know he wants to talk about, and that's games that should make a comeback. You know, we're, we've been in this gaming industry for quite a long time. There have been many games that have come and gone, and we think they need to come back. And unfortunately, Austin is not here because if he was here, he would say Jax and Daxter need to come back. Jack needs to come back. Jack needs I mean, to come I back. agree. I think it should come back too. We don't have to oh. dive into this, but <laughs> yeah, no, 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 no. Let's do it. Yeah, it needs to come back. Okay. I, I do think it should come back because it's like it was for a long time. It's a very iconic franchise, and everybody would put it up there with Crash Bandicoot. Like everybody remembers Jack and Daxter. You know, fondly for the most part, even with Jack X Combat Racing. Like it's like it was like the it was like the Crash Team Racing spinoff. Yeah. Did you just literally say that? Yeah, I mean, I'm like, it was a cool game. It was, you know, it was just another racer at, uh, during the PS2 era. So it's like, obviously, it's not going to be the, the big old game. But yes, yeah, see, exactly. Like, I, I, I love the Jack and Daxter games. It, it was like, so cool. It, it, it like matured in a way that like, not a lot of games have it went from like this, this kooky adventure platformer to all of a sudden, it was like this, they did cyberpunk before cyberpunk. Like they went into this futuristic world with Jack too, and it was it was insane. And like he started talking, like he had a talking protagonist. He's like swearing and yelling, like you know, not swearing obviously, but he's like yelling and gritty and like action hero. And it was just like, oh, it was so cool. And and like it just has a lot of like really interesting stuff with it, like how the way the world, you know, kind of like evolves through through the time jump and everything. And it's just it's really cool. I I wanted to come back anyway. Just purely yeah. fanboy perspective. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I don't know if that's ever going to happen, though. That's I, kind of the problem. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's it's just done in a very conclusive way for the most part. Even though they did say that there was Jack Four in development for a while, um, that they wanted to make like a there was even like a more realistic Jack that they wanted to do, um, which some of that key art looked a little weird, but. Um, yeah, there's it, always you know. <laughs> something in development. Yeah. <laughs> you like Metro Prime 4? Mm. Yeah, and you know, <laughs> Half-Life 3 is still in development. Yeah, yeah, it's called Half-Life Out. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Go ahead, go ahead. Uh, God, where do I begin? <laughs> I, 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 while you guys were talking packs, I went and sort of went through my game collection and everything else going, okay, what would I love to see back? Uh, my oh, number man. one, my number one, and I don't, and I hope even with like the, the big remake revival of Resident Evil going through, please give that love and attention to and the sequel 
to the Dino Crisis. Oh, get out of here, Dino Crisis! <laughs> really? Give me some good old Dino Crisis, like, I, and no, I'm talking, thanks. I'm talking not Dino, not not two, not three, not the fucking arcade shooter. <laughs> Give me Dino Crisis One Survival Horror with no, dinosaurs, thanks. man, on modern consoles. Hell yes, scare living shit out of myself. That would be fucking awesome. Dinosaurs. No more dinosaurs. <laughs> <laughs> yes, let, let, yes. Let's put. Let's put. Let's send out the Paramount to be remade as a live action movie. Dinosaurs oh please, why not? I mean, we've got we've got uh, Mothra <laughs> being is... made as a movie. Come on, I mean, everything. yeah. Mila bitch is a freaking monster hunter. I, okay, Parasite yeah. Eve. They, yes. they, they can... Parasite Eve. Hell yes. 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 Um, I Parasite could, Eve. I could, hell I yes. Could, I could drop a bunch of names right here. Um, Shinobi. <laughs> oh. Castlevania, yep. Um, yep. Virtual Fighter. Yep, get off Google. What? No, I'm reading my work. That was the first. That was the, that was the first result in Google. Um, <laughs> no, Ridge Racer. In that exact you, order. You know I'm a big <laughs> fan of Ridge Racer. <laughs> Dead Space. Big fan of Dead Space. Yep, Dead Space. I yes. would. I, I would play Dead Space forever. Daytona USA. Oh hell yes! Please bring that back. Please bring it back. Daytona. <laughs> we already got Street Rage. Out of a miracle, we don't need Contra to come back because we already got a uh, blazing chrome. So you know, goodbye. Okay. I, 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 I got I got one for you. Right, the Shido blade. Eh, eh, that game would be hard to bring back. It would be because it never used health bars. You had to actually do things properly according to the rules of Bushido. And I reckon modern day, and like when you struck a limb, it got damaged. And people run away all day. Yeah. I reckon today that would probably be a decent, like sort of, it'd be a slow fighter, but it would be interesting to play it in a modern setting. I don't know. And it's it's a weapon fighter for those who've never played before. So yeah, I'm not sure if that will work in in this day and age. I mean, it'd be worth a try, but I don't know. I really don't know. Okay. Uh, how about something that would take advantage of modern devices? Such as? Let's bring back Pokemon Snap. No. Yeah, go. No. Oh, God. <laughs> Combine Pokemon Go with Pokemon Snap? It's not a bad idea. Add a little like mini game to it. I think that would be pretty cool. Me no play Pokemon game. Me no understand this concept. Yeah, you, you, know, you know play Pokemon game. You know play anything interesting. We know this case. I play, you know, uh, Dark Souls. <laughs> <laughs> How's that? That's all you play. I was, I, I, to my defense, I have not played Dark Souls in uh, quite some time. And there's a, there's, still, there's a shit ton of people still trying to emulate that formula based on the games that I played at PAX East. And, and the first thing mm. they say is, Dark Souls combat. And I go, mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Look, there is only one franchise. If I had to narrow it all down, here it comes. Yes. Uh, if I had to narrow it all down to one choice of one franchise that should make it back, um, in Rise from the Ashes of a horrible franchise that that that. Now did you rise from the ashes real quick? Altered Beast. Alter Beast. Alter Beast. Why? Oh, that terrible! That terrible remake yeah. on the PS. What was the PS2 or the PS3? Oh, oh my god! god. No, leave that shit buried, no. my friend. Right. Leave that shit buried. 
All I'm going to say is that to rise from the ashes of the dead franchise known as Homefront, Freedom Fighters should make its return. That's all I'm going to say. I'm pretty sure you said this before. I have um. said it before, <laughs> and I will say it till the day that it comes back in some form or until I die. That that works too. But Freedom Fighters needs to come back because it was such a cool game, and it, it came from IO, the developers of Hitman. They came out and made this completely new IP out of nowhere, and Critically well received. It was got like sevens, eights, you know, pretty pretty average. And like, but the thing is, is like it was a PS2 game that created open world sandboxes, a bunch of them, based in New York. You're like a freedom fighter, rebellious guy who is like the. It, it's basically Red Dawn the game. Um, if you take like just these these sandbox environments, and you are a rebellious fighter, you have to fight against. The, the Russians who have taken over the United States. And there's this whole campaign. The multiplayer is okay. I'm not even going to talk about the multiplayer because the campaign is amazing. You start off as like, it's a third person action game. And, and Sounds over time, like a movie that I've seen before. Yeah, just a, one certain movie. Only one. Only one. There is not a remake that was. sure there wasn't a remake uh, <laughs> that was super awesome? Yeah, yeah, it was great. Uh, <laughs> no, but I love this game because it was like. At the time, not a lot of games on the PlayStation 2 that had open-world sandbox, like, you could choose certain side missions that you wanted to do. It's kind of like, there are some aspects of it that are very Metal Gear Solid 5-ish, in a way. Because it's like, you take the sandbox, and there's always the primary objective of liberate this area. But the thing is, is that each area has different parts of it that make it harder for you to conquer all at once. So you can come up with, like, a game plan of the, like, say you get to a sector or you get to an area that has three sectors and you have to come up with a game plan to determine how you're going to want to liberate this area of the three sectors. The thing is, is that each sector has something that makes it harder because there is something they have to do in another sector to then be able to go in and capture that sector. It's really cool. So, like, say you have, there is a helicopter pad in one, but you want to liberate another sector first. The thing is, is, if you try to liberate that sector first, there is a helicopter enemy that you have to fight in order to liberate the sector. And it's also very hard because as soon as it spots you, it kills you in like two hits. So the thing is, is you have to decide if you want to liberate the sector first, what you can do is you can actually go back to the sector with the launching pad, blow that up. Then you can go back to the sewers, which is like the hub area, and then go back to the sector you wanted to get to first and liberate that without the helicopter oh attacking you. It's super cool. And it's something like... I, not a lot of people talk about because it's it's like a revolutionary idea that so, so, sounds too through. involved. That sounds more involved than playing Civilization or Command and Conquer. Out of those games that you mentioned, South Memphis, I would like to see Terminator vs. Robocop. That was a good game. I loved that game. Oh, love the comic too. Yeah, yeah. Uh, speaking, speaking of those crossovers, uh, coming up in I think April is Terminator versus Transformers. No, but. In, 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 in comic book form. How? What? That, I don't know, but I'm intrigued. <laughs> I will probably pick that it up. That doesn't make any sense. Just okay. roll with it, Keith. We've hell. We're currently in the middle of a a, te- uh, a team up between Turtles and Power Rangers. But it's this like, that's suck. believable. I mean, here we go. We got we've got <laughs> Skynet that sends back Terminators in time to impress the human race. Meanwhile, we have sentient machines. What? <laughs> <laughs> hey, Skynet probably created the Transformers. There you go. There's your twist. Uh, um, but anyway, movie. like, 
But uh, like other games, I've got just uh, I'll go sort of three straight out and then sort of leave it at that. Um, I want to see another Sleeping Dogs. For those of you who never played Sleeping Dogs, it's basically Grand Theft Auto Hong Kong. Yeah. You, you were playing a, a, a cop who goes undercover to investigate the triads and gets sort of really into that life. And, uh, yeah, it's basically just Grand Theft Auto in Hong Kong. It was an amazingly well-done story. The DLC was ranging from interesting, like you had a, a one of those Chop Sucky tournament film, like with the bad dubbing and all that type of stuff as one of the DLC. Another one involves Chinese ghosts. And then there was one where you actually had to play as the cop and go through all the proper rules and everything else. Uh, absolutely brilliant game. I love it. It's cheap as hell if you want to get it on PlayStation. I think it's yeah, like five you should these definitely, days. definitely play that game. Everybody should def- play that game. Definitely should play that. And I reckon that definitely deserves a sequel. I would also say, um, fans, that people that love Yakuza games and Judgment should yes. also play it. Please play it. Yes, yes. If you like the Yakuza games, they're not as over the top as the Yakuza games, but it is still very well done. Uh, the other one is also some similar vein. I want to see. I want to see Bully. Was not a fan of Bully, but that they, they did say they're working on another Bully. Supposedly, yeah, they they said that supposedly until Grand Theft Auto Five. But now, they, but now that Houser is gone from Rockstar, maybe that won't happen now. True. So, uh, but the the big one. In the, like besides Dino Crisis, the only other one I like I'm chomping at the bit. Well, Dino Crisis, Parasite Eve, and Legacy of Kane. Ooh, I, I haven't bought that game in a while. I, 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 want, that game. I want to see that. Have continue. you been talking to Connor? Because I know he's been asking. <laughs> you no, no, no. I, I, as as people might have noticed, I go through a lot of retro stuff. Uh, Legacy of Kane, I've got on the PS1, the same as Soul Reaver. And I'm like, these games should have continued. The fact that this was an abandoned series, it sucks. It really does. Great storytelling, great level design, amazing characters. Hell, even the cutscenes, for as dated as they are on the PS1, still hold up really well today. And yeah, I would love to see that series continue. You know, like, like, we, need, we need to bring that. We need to bring that back. We Here's really the problem when we do shows like this and we talk about games that need, need to come back because there are so many games in the oh. history catalog that we could talk about again. We we've only touched the surface. You know, yep. bad dudes, prisoners of war, Imperial <laughs> Wars. Remember that, Gradius. Um, um, Give me more Chrono Trigger. You know. Well, not, not Chrono Cross. Chrono Trigger, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's just so many games. Oh, that, I mean, games that right. we know will never get touched ever because either they're too simplistic, they don't fit in with this generation. And honestly, if we want these kind of games, we need to talk to the companies that own the IPs and say, hey, maybe you should talk to these indie teams that want to work on these games. Like a good that, example again is Streets of Rage. Look what they've and done. That, and, and, and that, and that's that's something that really sucks in my opinion because like I want like I'm a big fan of the arcadey uh, sports games. Give me like NBA Street or NBA Jam. Give me NFL Blitz. Yo 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 yo. You you, you can't get wait. you can't do those games wait. anymore because all the no. NFL and NBA wait. rights wait, 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 are wait, wait, held wait. up by fucking EA and 2K. Let me wait. Stop. Let me stop you real quick. Not that exactly, but there's a game that was at PAX East that I've been following for a while. And if you like NBA Jam, 
go check it out. It's called Dunk Lawrence. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I didn't go play, check that out. It looked great. It looked really fun. Yes. They're not official teams, obviously, but they t- it takes NBA Jam, Arch Rivals, Special Moves, I would say oh. maybe a little smash TV with the um with with the, the money on this on the floor and everything. Outrageous dunks. It is fun. Please go check out Dunk Lords. Okay. Please. Now now only if we can find a replacement for NFL Blitz that was that hard hitting arcade action, not the yeah, simulation good luck. bullshit. <laughs> good luck with that. Because EA that. have that license locked down tight, man. You know, yeah. In that realm too, because I almost played it but I didn't have time. But at um, at PAX, there was a Windjammers 2. And if you ever play the original Windjammers, mm-hmm. it's, it's, oh, it, it looks super cool. And, um, I'm, I'm kind of bummed I didn't get to play it. But, like, you know, in that vein, like, uh, it, it, it just, it's like so cool. It's like a, I don't even know how to describe it. It's not like a volleyball thing, but it's like you, you have a frisbee, oh. but it's like, uh, frisbee soccer, I guess. And you can, like, bounce it off the wall and do, like, power dunks and stuff. Kind of like the game, but yeah. Oh, I, I love that too. It was great. Uh, another one I was just like, I just look over uh, the prototype series. Anybody play prototype? I've never played it, but I've seen it. I think that game had a very bad string of bad luck. Pretty much. It had it had a good it had it had a good concept. The, pro- the problem I found with prototype, like prototype, is an, another one. It's one of these open world games where you go and do these type of missions, but you like. Yeah, it's almost like you have a venom symbiote that like does all this random. Yeah. Like, it, again, it had a great premise. It had a great idea. Brilliant, brilliant premise, brilliant storytelling. I think the biggest problem is it came out at the same time, around about the same time as. Oh, uh, was it on? Uh, infamous, infamous, infamous. Yeah. yeah, that's what killed it. Came out, and, and they were basically two identical games. That had very similar premises, very similar ideas, and one was just built by Sony, the other one was by a third-party company, and unfortunately, the prototype just got left in the dust. And yep, that sucks. <laughs> yep, and that's the problem when you have two games that are very similar to each other, and one's got a bigger uh, uh, development team and bigger marketing. That game is usually going to win, even if it's. I, I think Prototype was the better game, at least for the first Infamous, but again, bad luck. Came out around yeah. the same time and couldn't compete. Eternal uh, Darkness. They uh, were talking about working on another, another Eternal Darkness many, many, many years ago, and it got scrapped. Stuff. Yeah, that that that's a hard. That's another one of those hard series to bring back because how do you get that psychological edge on today's society? Whereas back then, the horror genre wasn't as well explored. Like these days, horror films are a dime a dozen. Horror games, especially on. Uh, on PC, you know, how many friggin' VR horror games are there out there? Like, tons. And they're all, you know, games like Outlast is a shit ton of scarier than anything Eternal Darkness could have ever come up with. It's it's interesting, but yeah, you know, I, I don't want to stay on this part too long because, again, yes. Uh, well, before, so before, before we wrap it up, I'll give you a bonus question. Okay. <laughs> what franchise do you reckon needs to stay buried? Ooh, that is a good question. Oh, I'll man. You, I'll, I'll give you easily two words. Go ahead. Dirk Nukem. I was just about to say it. <laughs> oh, I knew it. <laughs> Wait, you totally confused me. You said genre. No, no. I said no, franchise. Franchise. Yeah. Okay, I could have swear you said genre. No, franchise, no, no, yeah. Genre. Franchise. Yeah, yeah. Dirk Nukem needs to... No, it's... No, yeah. 
No. No. I mean, there's a bunch of other games series that probably should stay buried forever. But yeah, they add that one to the top of the list. Yes, definitely <laughs> add that one to the top of the list. That, that's no, don't. That's uh, 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 working that, that again. Outside of that, I honestly, after finally giving it a bit of a go, I say it's time for the Kingdom Hearts series to retire. <laughs> that game should have been retired. It's that, it's uh, going to be done for a while. Just give the, the mobile <laughs> game a couple more weeks to come out, and and the series will take its break. The, the, the mobile the mobile game will come out. Then there'll be the ports to the Switch, and then there'll be the Switch exclusive. Then there'll be the other mobile game that they'll bring out only in Japan, which they won't translate for another four years. And then maybe in the next tw- two and a half decades, we might get Kingdom Hearts four, and then. They they might actually think about wrapping up the storyline, but no, there'll be a secret trailer that they'll drop in DLC that'll continue the storyline okay. for another 50 years. We, we got look, it. look, look, look. I'm <laughs> not gonna, I'm not gonna relentlessly, I'm not gonna relentlessly defend the game, okay? Because I do think at one point in the series does go very uh, off the rails, very, uh, but, <laughs> very <laughs> but, but, but yeah, I reckon it's going off the <laughs> damn say, across the river to the damn ocean. <laughs> Listen, okay, it, it was a it was a story with thirty two thousand branching storylines. They just decided they were gonna take those thirty two thousand branching storylines and not fill them up. Okay, that's all I'm gonna say. Look, the Kingdom Hearts series was great <laughs> up until it lost its writer at the end of Kingdom Hearts two. Then everything kind of went bananas, and 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 I agree one hundred percent that it, it's it goes nuts and lasted a little too long, but. Up until then, at the end of Kingdom Hearts 2, I thought they had some really good stuff going. It was a surprisingly complex story that could have been resolved in a few plot points. Not necessarily 500,000 like it turned out to be, but I, yeah, I, uh, that's all I have to say. I'm not going to try and defend it anymore after that, though. That, 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 that'll be a different that's podcast. We'll, we'll, yeah, just, yeah. We'll, just sit, we'll, we'll sit you down solo in front of the camera and you can just explain it. Yeah, for the just, next uh, let me do the, the game trailers uh, timeline of the Kingdom Hearts series one more oh, time. Just as an God. update. <laughs> Man, yeah, yeah, Kingdom yeah. Hearts. Holy shit. You know, honestly, I can't really think of any that need to really go away. I, I really, I can't think of any. Maybe because I stay away from the bad franchises for a reason. Um, yeah, I can't think of any. I can't think. Of any. So you can steal my bad one. I, I can't think of any. What? So you you use like things like I don't know, uh, the division to continue. The division isn't a bad game. It has good narrative. It's just they. They did a great job with the first division. They 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 messed up and then they came back and brought it back from the brink and they did great. And now they're doing the same thing again. I, I think they just need to listen to the public, the people who are very passionate about the games, and let them help them. You know, something that a developer said to me during Paxies, during the uh, Magic the Legends Magic Legends interview. We're we we are only the caretakers of these games. Once we release these games, they belong to the gamers. We're just there to keep it on track and to develop it. That will stick with me until the day I die because it makes a lot of sense. If you're working on a game and you want it to be well received, you have to listen to the public. You have to listen to the people who care about the game. Not I'm not saying listen to everything they say because obviously you got to make a stand and say no that's dumb you gotta draw a line you gotta draw a line because fans fans quickly go from uh you know hey these things need to change or something needs to be modified to hey why aren't you putting my my uh head cannon 
OC. Yeah, exactly. In here. Exactly. So that's what's yeah. happening with the division. I, I think they're going back on the right track with the new with the new uh, expansion, which I think drops tomorrow for PC and later for consoles. So, excuse me. I think they're on they're on the right track again. So no, I, I, that's, the division gets the pass. I do have a really good answer to your question, Mace. Um, just because we just talked about it, drawing that line, Metal Gear Solid. Yes. Just needs to stay oh, I dead. Because I know for sure they're going to try and bring it back at some point. It's probably yeah. going to be a while from now. They're going to uh, yeah, try, I, and it I, I just not, needs to stay dead. <laughs> I do not want to see another Metal Gear without Kojima. No. No. Yeah. To, to, to be honest, I don't even want to see another Metal Gear with Kojima. Kojima didn't even want to do any after three. He was yeah, done. He, was yeah. done. he didn't want to do, do it anymore. Yeah. Konami kept saying, you got to do another one. You got to do another one. And he was like, Because after seeing what happens when you take the handcuffs off the guy, when you get Death Stranding, no, I don't want to see him back on any project right now. Side note, but, I still haven't gone back to that game. Side note, I still haven't opened up the damn box yet. <laughs> <laughs> See, there way? you go. You you want proof that people really just sort of went for this game and then just dropped it like a hot potato? That's I, it. I, I when, 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 one, when one guy won't go back to it, and the other guy won't even open the damn box. I got the third edition <laughs> and I got it for the baby, and I was like, "This is gonna be really weird." We got my wife, and I got it. And she got it. She looked at it. And she was like, "What the fuck is that?" And I was like, "It's a baby." <laughs> <laughs> uh, man, I don't want to say it's because I didn't like the game. I just I have no compulsion to get back to it right now. You know what I mean? Because it's just like there's so much more going on, and if it's a game that's going to take 80 hours and it's not necessarily going to be, you know, pulse pounding action the whole way, I don't want to. And that's not a knock at the game. I just I don't have any compulsion to get back to it when I have well, so much other stuff to do. I can understand that, but at the same time, it's like I don't know what it is with the storytelling. Like, I can't make myself go back to, like, I can go back to. The Metal Gear 1, 2, and 3 every time. 4 and 5. 5 I haven't even finished. 4 I've always been there. 4 I probably played. 4 I played a couple of... I finished it like once. Yet I'll go and get something like Grand Theft Auto's 4 and 5. And I'll replay those on a yearly basis. You know what? I just thought about something. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to be Matt for a second. And I'm going to say, you know, franchise needs to die. You should all know what this game is by now. Street Fighter. Grand Theft Auto Online. Matt hates Street Fighter now. He loved it. Now, five is rubbed in the wrong way. He, he, he wants it to stop. So, right. I'm, I'm doing it for you, Matt. Street Fighter. <laughs> okay? Um, Honestly, guys, I, I think we were pretty much... That was the two big topics, but I was reading something earlier, and I, I wanted to talk about it. I really want to talk about it because I really think it affects us. It involves us. It involves other outlets and gaming and streaming and the gaming industry as a, as a, as a whole. Uh-oh. When somebody says no, no, seriously, when somebody says an influencer, what does that mean to you? And is it a good thing or a bad thing? I'm just curious. It's hit or miss for me. It depends. There are Why? some content creators out there who are legitimately passionate about something and want to get the word out about things that are really cool. Like, you know, I mean there, there are some people out there who are influencers in that they are just like, here is my brand. This is me, and I love this brand because X, Y, and Z. Hi, I didn't make that rhyme. I was not planning on that. Uh, but it, it's just like you know, there's a clear difference in the people who are not passionate about the brand that they are speaking to or that they're representing. You know, there you can tell 
regardless of how much money they're paid, how talented they may be, there's a clear difference between the folks who are interested in support and are fully behind a product that they are endorsing or influencing or anything like that uh, compared to those who you can tell are just faking it. And uh, that that's for me, there's a clear difference between those two different types of influencers. And so to me, it, it depends. Fair enough. Fair enough. Carl? For me, it's a difference in terms. Like, I see content creators who are those that are passionate about what they want to do or they want to learn about multimedia. They want to learn how to make videos. They want to learn how to make audio, stuff like that. And they have a real passion that they bring to their projects. Influencers are the corporate term for people that are basically shills. They are the guys that get... They get these things because they built up a brand. They see it as a business. All they see is the videos are, oh, my God, how many views did I make today? What brands can I get to send me stuff to promote so I get free shit? You know, that, that's what an influencer is. An influencer is somebody who is practically ends up being paid by a company to influence others' decisions in their buying habits. That's just the way I see it. And I will always class myself and the other even more content creators and just like as we say on the site, for enthusiasts, by enthusiasts. We are enthusiasts. We have a passion that we want to be here. We are doing this because we want to, to learn or grow as reporters, journalists, bloggers, whatever. Those who do the videos, they want to learn how to create videos, uh, get this content out there. They don't care if it makes one viewer or a thousand views. They want to do it because they want to do it. Influencers are the people who want to do it because they want to be rich. I mean, I don't see that as a bad thing, but yeah, I, I agree with you with that one. But there's nothing wrong. There's nothing wrong with wanting to be rich and making a brand. But if you yeah. have something where you are passionate and it blows up and you make money off it, that's a bonus. Oh, hell yeah. Influ- influences go straightforward mentality going, I need to make this much because I need to make income. They are the guys who want to make it into a business, who just want to s- turn their videos, productions and everything, in, not into like movies or TV series, but something small enough that they can sit on their ass, do sweet fuck all most of the day, put out a couple of videos a week and make their rent money. And they're, and they're the ones that, they're the ones that, unfortunately, the ones who suck up the best straight up the assholes of all the PR people. I told you, PR people love numbers. The big, yeah. bigger, big PR people. Big PR people love numbers. I will say that is 100% true. It, uh, it, it I, is, it I, is I, so hard to find I PR am, people of big companies not, who love passion. I am not going to mention the name of the company, but I did talk to a brand at Paxi's, and they straight out said, we only work with big... Do I want to say influencers? He said content creators and influencers um, because that's where we're going at. And I pretty much looked at him and said, okay, well, thanks for your time, and I walked away. I'm not going to say who it was, but we're at that point where this is happening there is a there is a a rift a, a, a rift that's growing larger every day because these corporations want to put their money in the hands of people that are considered influencers to have all these people following them and maybe they don't care about the product 
it's something that we talk about a lot here. Um, a great example is a, they, they fly out influencers to events. And I'm not saying every all influencers are bad. I am totally not saying that. But you guys know there are bad ones out there. So they'll fly them out to an event to talk about a game or something. And they talk about the game like it's the best thing in the world. And then they drop it like a bad habit. It's like, dude, you were just saying this game is the best shit. Oh, uh, yeah, I got yeah. bored of it. Like, yeah, what? What? that's that's, that's that, that, and that's the thing, and I I've said this to many Raid of the artists, Shadow Legends. To, to, yeah, oh, those, 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 one, those ones that sit there and will shill things like Raid Shadow Legends over and over and over in this great little three minute commercial that they made for it. But do you ever actually see them in the game? No, because they got all the the B roll and everything off the company and just created the video. They all have the same B roll. Yeah, the biggest you example know? to me is like. I watch like in my free time, I'll watch like a car YouTuber because it's a, it's a generic interest of mine that I like watching and they'll do sponsorships of raids, shadow legends. And they'll talk about, I am always in the game all the time playing this, that I have this level 30, yada, yada. No, they don't. No, they don't. They clearly don't. It's, it, it, it goes back to my point earlier in that you can tell when somebody's being definitively fake in reading from a script. I was going to say just a like, poser, but that also works. <laughs> well, yeah, it's, it's same difference, right? So it's like, they're just, you know, they're, they're pulling exactly from what they were told to say and they don't care about the product. Like they're just trying to give it to you so that they are paid for it. And they did what they were told, you know? So. Yeah. And the, and the thing, and the thing is that that type of thing gets, while well, they, they make the money off it. And I understand that why they're doing it. That's it's all well and good. If you want to turn it into a business, turn it into a business. But I think a lot of the time, it has now become where we had things like Kotaku, IGN, and places like those that are legitimate businesses. Now we have things like Ninja, who go wherever the hell you want if you flash a couple of million in front of his faces, regardless oh, no. of his of his viewership base. Not to. I'm not bagging Mixer Keith. Shut the fuck up. I wasn't saying anything about Mixer. <laughs> I was just saying Ninja. I was like, I, I, I don't want to hear about that guy. But, but, right but now. you know, it, it's it's one of those things where if these guys take the money and run, you know, they weren't in it for the fans. They they'll play they'll play maybe one game or something, or they'll put, they get something new, play it for two weeks, disappear. You know, there there are some people that I see out there who are passionate and will play whatever the hell they want. Lost a lot of the time on Twitch, you find that the most passionate people are the guys at the bottom of the list. They're not the ones that have the, the 2,000 viewers. They're the guys that are having two to three or zero. And you go in their stream and they are so happy to see somebody in there. Why? Because all of a sudden it's like, hey, somebody else has a passion for what I'm playing right now, and they want to talk to me about it. It's the same with indie developers. A lot of the times, you know, you go up to indie developers and you talk to them, you look at that excitement on their face. You go to a big booth and talk to a PR person. They look bored. They look bored because they, they just have people coming up to them going, hey, you know, this is me, can I free shit? Yeah, it's and that's why I brought up the conversation. It, 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 it's it, it's, it's an interesting, it's an interesting dynamic in the gaming industry right now. Yeah, and just just seeing various PR companies and and companies itself just yeah. looking at different metrics. Because again, I, I've talked to a bunch of people at PAX that I made my, my point to talk to PR people to see what they're looking for, what they want, 
And yeah. there again, there's the people they're looking for the big numbers, and then there are those who are looking at people who just care about what they're doing, you know. And yeah. I'm glad to say that there are a lot more of those people out there saying, you know, if you care about your craft, if you know what you're talking about, and if you're constantly putting out good content, we want to work it's, with you. It's slowly swinging back to the point where they want people who are passionate about gaming to speak about gaming. You know, take take a look at the last probably a year or so when it comes to box quotes. You always have your top guys like PewDiePie and that always hitting those box quotes. I was legitimately shocked when you said to me the other day what we got contacted about. Well, I'm not going to say which, you know, company contacted you to use quotes out of my review for yep. an accolade trailer. We're not going to say which one. We're going to leave it a surprise for when it comes up. But the day I see my quote on there, my mind's going to be blown. Wait, because your mind's already blown. What are you talking about? No, yeah, well, it's already blown just being being asked, but to actually see it, that's the thing. That's what's going to fuel my passion for the next few months is to keep going and craft better reviews and get better at my craft and so that we can start getting more of these type of accolades and get more, more of these requests. Because and- I want to get the word of the... Web- I want to promote the website as well as myself. And, and 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 I know guys and gals are probably saying you're only talking about yourself. No, I want to I in the space that we're in, there are more smaller outlets and organizations doing this than there are large outlets. But the problem is one, there are so many of you guys out there. It's kind of hard to work with all of you. We're all doing the same thing mostly. We're overlapping. And maybe sometimes we should work together. Networking is also a cool thing. But at the same time, we gotta make it. We've we've gotta we've gotta make it easier for these companies to see who you are, who we are, what we're doing. So we're, when we say you know contacting us and working with us, I think we're talking about everybody in general. We're we're being general for stuff, but you know if there's a side there that's doing amazing stuff, but aren't getting the the the, the views or people knowing about their content, that's a shame, and that that needs to change. If there's a site or outlet or a person on YouTube or Twitter or Twitch that does amazing stuff. They need to be. They need to be seen. And, and if they're doing great stuff, then maybe people should reach out and work with them. And this there was an article that came out a couple of days before I went to PAX East about um, the gaming industry gating. I'm, I'm not sure if you guys saw the article, and basically yeah. what it came out and said that there's there's a bunch of outlets, a bunch of organizations, a bunch of people in the industry that are trying to keep all the good shit within a, a specific circle. Yep. And the, the funny thing, the funny thing about that is that's not the first time that that has been said. You know, more and more people are picking up on this, and, and that needs to stop. I'm not saying that you need to go out and give a fifty thousand dollar video card to every person that asks you for one, but I am saying that if there's an outlet or a person doing a good job and they're trying and they're putting effort into what they're doing, don't just dismiss them because. Oh, you've only got 100 viewers or 100 followers. Oh, you guys don't have a good, lot of traffic because it's it's that catch twenty two. You're stuck between a rock and a hard place. I can't get the views because nobody knows who I am. And, you don't know and, who and I am because I ain't got the views. And 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 that's the other thing I think. And this goes out to a lot of media companies out there. Don't foo foo the websites. I know there's this major focus on Twitter engagement, Instagram engagement, social media engagement, and YouTube. Or Twitch, you know, what's your streaming numbers, what's your YouTube numbers, what's your social media numbers? 
would you like looking at, at us again as an example our monthly viewers views on the website trump our youtube twitch oh, and down. social media by you know a hundredfold because social media is a way to get the content out there but you're going to get more content on the website that's where we go in depth into our articles. That's where we put our reviews and everything else. Yeah, we might put little bits and pieces up on, on YouTube, but you're going to get more out of an article than you are out of a three-minute YouTube video. And that's why we always try to corral everybody to the website because that's where most of our content is. And I think a lot of PR people have forgotten that websites are a great source of content. They want everything in this little three-minute bubble on YouTube, but you can't review a graphics card in three minutes on YouTube unless you're literally going, hey, hey, this is what it looks like out of the box, and here's some captured gameplay. You know, the tech guys want, you know, what's what's the maximum FPS? What's, what's it like in comparison? Oh, hell no. Cards, oh, you, you know what? You, know? You, make a, you make a great point. I, I only want to throw in there uh, for uh, uh, an example. Uh, Gamer Nexus. You know, they do amazing, amazing shit, amazing shit, and you couldn't, you couldn't. I mean, you can go to his videos and uh, see the stuff that they do, but at the same time, it's better to go to the websites to see the stuff that they do. Yeah, and, it's, that, and that's it's, the, it's so and much that's better the, because they do great the work. And and that's the thing. It's like I when I first came to this site, I used to do video reviews alongside my written reviews until I realized my written reviews were getting more views than the video of the company that even if I embedded the video onto the, onto the article. So I changed my focus to straight up just doing reviews on the website. And that's not to say that we're, we're ignoring YouTube. We're not, we're still oh, thinking God, about no. what we're doing, but it's, no, I plan, I plan on getting back into that. In the next you know, weeks. YouTube it's, it, and I know we're going off the rails here. We're, we're, we're doing a kingdom part, but we're, we're going to get back. Um, <laughs> It's just YouTube is so saturated. You have to find your own unique voice. And even then, I think that we overlap a lot with our YouTube stuff and our yeah. content on our website. It, it's hard. I mean, we're, we're, not, we're, we're never going to build up a YouTube channel where we have, you know, 30,000, 40,000, 100,000 people. You know, let, 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 let's, just say, let's just say that YouTube ain't exactly going to be sending any little clocks our way anytime soon. Yeah, that's not going to happen. It's, that's not going to yeah. happen. It'd be awesome if they did, but, you know, that's oh, yeah. not our goal. But anyway, yeah, I, I was just curious to see what you guys thought about the whole influencer versus consecration. So I, I got my answer. So hooray, we got our answer. Um, damn, PAX East is over, and uh, no GGC. <laughs> damn, E3 might be next. Oh wow. I would say That's... go out to your local gaming conventions if you have any, because yeah. you know those might just be <laughs> the, your best bets. I'm already looking That's... at local ones in my area. <laughs> see, I don't. This I don't one coming up in April, so that's cool. We, we've we're luckily we're actually still having conventions here in Australia, so that's the the good thing about living in an isolated fucking remote part of the world. <laughs> isolated? That's an understatement. Jesus, man. Uh, yeah, well, we're, we're isolated, man. We've we've only uh, had like not even a few hundred cases of that thing be uh, contained here, and they're all offshore. The virus that we will not talk about because it's so damn yep. scary. Uh yeah, I think we're done for this week's episode of Spectator Mode. I don't have a bonus round I'm question. Good. Unless somebody wants to pull something out of the sky and ask real quick. I didn't think about one. 
No, I'm I'm going to say I'm going to say this nice and nice and quick. Um, I did go down to a collectibles fair the other day, and I picked up this little beauty for ten bucks. Oh, what did you? You got to describe it. People can't see it. it. What you got? What is? Oh, what the hell? It's a Mega Drive. What the <laughs> hell? I was able. The, the guy said it's it's untested. He had no idea if it worked at did all. Did you get the cables? Uh, it came with the. RF output cable, but Does I it had work? it works. Nice. I got it for ten bucks. Ten bucks. Now you're gonna start collecting games, or did you already start? I've already started. <laughs> <laughs> Too late. Nice. It's like, it's like don't fall down that rabbit hole. Too late. God. Oh no no! It. I do I do it the easy way. I do the the the, uh, the mention the methods we will not mention on air. Oh, you know what I wanted to mention real quick? I'm pretty sure everybody knows now. Uh, Destiny Two is getting trials. <laughs> trials is coming back. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. We haven't had a chance to talk Yay. about that. Yet. Yes. And World of Warcraft Shadowlands is now in Alpha. Supposedly. Nobody <laughs> cares. But nobody cares. Dang. Rob, did yeah, you play I'm... Final Fantasy 14 at PAX? Did you get a chance? No, I didn't. No. Nope. They were giving out free uh, 30 day codes if you played the the first uh, raid boss. That was that was cool. Yeah, I, I kind of wanted to try it, but I was too busy looking around at some other stuff. And... They were like, did you ever play Final Fantasy before? I'm like, no. no. <laughs> I've never heard of this game before. What, yeah. what is this game? I've never heard of it before. Final Fantasy? I, I have heard never there was heard of one. this game at all. Yeah, I, I, I thought there was only one. It was meant to be you the know, final one. always troubled me as a child. And I was like, wait, there, why is it Final Fantasy 2 and 3? I thought it was the Final Fantasy. Why does it keep going? Hey, but just just remember, Final Fantasy Final Fantasy three was never actually Final Fantasy three; it was six. Yeah, then it's they true. started doing and that. Then, yeah, and then they did that crow. Oh my god! And then they did the Final I, Fantasy. I, 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 I still say the. Um, remember I that? Still, yep, X two, and then they did Final Fantasy thirteen, one, two, and three. And then you then you had Final Fantasy seven. Yeah. What was the, the the thing with Vincent called? We're not going to do that. I'm not, I'm not going to tell you. I'm not going to tell you. Then, 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 don't look at Crisis Core. There was Crisis Core, and there was something else, and then there, there was, was another the, one. Mobile there was another games. One. There was another oh, one. Oh, I remember the name of it. Okay. What is it? What is it? Are we talking about the Valentine one? Yeah. Yeah. Dirge of Cerberus. Yeah, you go. Dirge of I was you can remember that. Yeah. <laughs> I actually liked that game. I mean, I was too I young to, to actually bad. have a frame of reference, but I I enjoyed it. I thought it was cool. Yeah, and then there's all the mobile games and everything else based yeah, on it. Right. Oh my god, let's let's start that all over again, shall we? Yeah, yeah. That, and then let's go off on a good <laughs> note. So once again, everybody, thank you for checking out this episode of Spectator Mobile Podcast. This was number fifty-four, where we talked about PAX East and uh, inf- influencers and content creation, and if E3 is going to happen, and games franchises that need to come back. As always, you can find Indeed. our content. On- go ahead, say it. If, if if you if you find anything that uh, any franchises. Please drop them in the comments below on the YouTube channel, or send them to us. You know what? At, we'll open uh, up staff a poll. at the other haven. We'll put a poll out. We'll put a yeah. poll on our Twitter account and we'll see poll, if like poll. engage with And and also, if anybody else out there, even though I probably killed it with my influencer talk, wants to put a, any sponsorship for the site, please let us know. Also, if you if hell if you want to have a go at me for having a go at influencers, then please drop comments. Hey, whatever. Yo. <laughs> You know, yep. we're, we're, we're please, not please, please at me, please at me at the base thing on we, Twitter. Come at me, okay? <laughs> we, we are not opposed to having a debate with. Uh, I'm with always happy to Love have. 
I'm always happy to discuss with things. I will not argue. I will not be taken down to childish BS because I leave that for here on the site, behind the scenes. But, uh, you know, with people who, who like our content, please, if you want to discuss with me, you can find me at the Mace thing. Go on, at me all you like. I have no problems with it. And now that he derailed me, let me get back to it. You can find our stuff on iaboom.com, spotify.com, Google Podcasts, Apple iTunes. And if you go on iTunes, please rate us. Please give us a rating. It helps us move up so people can find out about the podcast. And you can find this podcast wherever other great gaming podcasts are. And don't forget our YouTube channel. We're also there. Lastly, this year we're making a big initiative. We want to talk to more developers and more PR folks and more people in the game industry. So if you like to stop by our little podcast and talk to us mm-hmm. about gaming, you know, games you got coming up, you know, statistics, analytics, anything of that nature, we would love to have you on the show. Reach out to us at the Outer Haven or come to the site and just drop an email to us. All right. Yep. Share, share your passion with us because, as Maybe we say, then. it's for enthusiasts by enthusiasts. What are you saying, Rob? Might even talk to some of the folks that we talked to at PAX East. We'll, oh, yeah. We'll save yeah, that yeah. for another Yeah, time. We're, we're trying to see if that works up. Yeah. So, once again, everybody, I'm Keith. I'm Rob. I'm Cut. God damn, I'm, I'm the <laughs> They forgot their we, own damn names. All right, guys. <laughs> Thanks for watching. Right. South Memphis, it's always a pleasure having you. Take it, uh, take it easy, folks. We are out of here. Eddie, Eddie, Eddie. That's all, folks. God damn it. <laughs>